Welcome to the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm Tim Carpenter. Today's special guest is Secretary of State Scott Schwab, a Republican and former state legislator who is the state's top elections official. Election security, especially in the wake of the controversy about the 2020 national election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, has led some states to reform systems used for voting. Kansas is among them, and Mr. Schwab is here to offer insights into some of those changes. Welcome. Thank you. Honored to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. There are several moving parts of the legislature's recent debate on elections in Kansas. One is the adoption of a bill signed by Governor Laura Kelly to shift in 2024 to a presidential preference primary rather than the caucus system. Good idea? It's okay. So I sometimes get criticized, like, you know, Secretary Schwab, you often come in and say, you're you're neutral, you're neutral, you're neutral. And it's because I I actually learned this from Joan Wagner, my first year as a legislator on tax. We would ask her a question. I try to trap her because she's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I thought that was the right thing you're supposed to do back then. And she said, you're the policymaker. You tell me what to do. And I really had a lot of respect for her. So I brought that, my legislative mindset, to this administration to say they're the policymakers. Our bill is statutory cleanup. It's really not policy. That bill, it's policy. What do they do and do not want to do? Now, here's our concerns we raised with it. Mm -hmm. It's $4.7 million, roughly, to pay for it, and that's on the counties. So they did say they'll reimburse the counties for their expenses. So that's helpful. Um, it's not much time to turn around for that election. So they're going to get done with the November local election and they got to do a quick turnaround for this presidential election. And, you know, these candidates are going to put $10,000 to get their name on a ballot. After Super Tuesday, they may not they may not be a candidate anymore. They may have dropped out or the person who wins those delegates in Kansas may not ever be on the November general ballot next year. And just because we have the primary until the parties submit their rules to the DNC and the RNC, we don't even know how much the presidential preference primary is actually going to count towards delegates. Because if you go back to, you know, Hillary and and Obama, it's all about the superdelegates. Well, Mm -hmm. what's a superdelegate? One appointed by the party. And so... We don't know how much this is going to carry. But again, it's policy. We'll do a great job. We do take a lot of comfort knowing that both party leaders who both criticized me on the quality of our elections now trust us enough to run another election that we didn't before. So we take some comfort in that saying it just kind of proves we were right. We do run elections very, very well in this state. It does sort of with an exclamation point say, oh, yes, Scott, we trust you to run this election. Right. And both of them criticized me, both the chair of the Democrat Party and chair of the Republican Party both criticized me openly on what we do on elections, but yet now they're asking us to do a new election. Sometimes when I get get criticized from both sides of a political debate, I think maybe I'm doing something right. There's that. Yeah, so (laughs) uh, the cost was an issue. It is an issue. Uh, And so your thinking is is that when we get closer to it or the counties spend the money on this, the legislature promises... They got their, they, they promised to reimburse. And from what we saw, they did put it in the current omnibus budget bill. The money. So now, okay. granted, it still has to be signed by the governor. But mm-hmm. I'm confident she signed the bill. She'll sign the Yeah, funding. she signed the legislation, yeah. the policy yeah. part of it. And so she'll, they'll back it up with the money or they'll look like idiots. Yeah. So, so the distinction is right now we have a system of caucus. And that's where kind of this convoluted thing where people gather in various places and there's a lot of shouting and yelling and speech fine. And, and you go to your corner and, you know, you're with certain candidates. And then then 
they kind of come up with a winner. Right. And the, the way the Democrats do it is often different than the Republicans. The Republicans normally run it like a traditional election. You okay. come in, you show your ID, you get your, you listen to speeches, you vote, you put your ballot in and you're done. The Democrats do it more like that Iowa way. And think of it more like a ranked chase, choice voting. You know, everybody goes, okay, this is the lowest person. Well, you guys got to pick your next candidate. And then mm-hmm. whoever's at the top at the end of the day mm-hmm. gets those. But even in Iowa, as much hubbub as I get from that... Whoever wins that caucus doesn't necessarily get the majority of the delegates from the state. And that's because of the arcane rules of the party, because the party wants to control the party, which is it's their organization. If that's what they want to do. One other quick thing about this is I thought when I was thinking about this presidential preference primary is that I don't believe Donald Trump won the uh, Republican caucus in Kansas in 2016. I think Ted Cruz won. I think Ted Cruz won. And so that yeah. would be that's a little that would be a little yeah. odd if the former president rolled into Kansas and somebody who knows from somewhere defeated him. It would be a little ridiculous given that when Donald Trump was on the ballot. He carried Kansas easily. Right. You and see what Ted, I mean? Yeah. And if Ted Cruz was on the ballot, he would have carried Kansas easy in that general election, too. But it's it's just going to be fascinating to see the dynamics of who ends up getting in the race and who ends up surviving Super Tuesday to, be, to try to win the state yeah, of let's Kansas. Yeah, hope, let's hope that when Kansas has this in the spring, I think March, something like that, of 2024. That March they, 19th, I believe. 19th, that, that it's still relevant. Let's just cross our fingers that our $4.7 million yeah. investment will still have relevance. Right, right. And so that's, you know, I'm sometimes concerned like you're using taxpayer money to do something that's traditionally a party function. But again, it's a policy thing. There's bipartisan support for it. And yep. we'll, we'll do what we're told. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, all right, let's take a next step to Senate Bill 221. And this had a lot of pieces to it, but it builds on previous election reforms that you endorse that generally promote integrity of Kansas elections. There's it's part administration, part transparency and part election integrity. Do you want to let's take those bits and talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about some of the cumulative. It is a long bill. Uh, some of the statutes are, imagine your pantry is just completely disorganized. You know, the potato chips are in with the cereal and, you know, you got some Tupperware there, but you can't find it. You, know, you got, you know, it's just <laughs> the pantry is all election mess. law over yeah, the years? that's what it has been. It's been this clunky hodgepodge of law. So, for example, I believe it was in 1861 when we first became a state, they passed a law that said if you go to a poll and there's no poll workers, you can elect your own. Well, that's because Missouri was kidnapping our poll workers so we couldn't have an election. Oh, my. Okay, it's a lot more. Elections have gotten a lot more complex since then. We don't want that in the law because we want folks to go through training. They they take an oath to the state of Kansas and they do show up. Can I interrupt? Is that still part of statute? No, that's what we got rid of. Oh, that's one of the things we got rid of. I've, I've often wondered. And when you look at the statute books, there must be a hundred very, very silly things in here. And I wish I knew what they were and I'd write a story about them. Well, and so, so that's one of them. It's, it's in, it, this is what helps. And it's so hard to pass an election bill because it becomes so contentious. Oh, well, we got to stop voter suppression. Oh, we got to stop voter fraud. Why don't we just clean up the statute book? Yep. So I'm, what you're saying is part of this is just boring. 
It's, we're act, we've said for the last five years we are actively boring. Um, so something else this does is it says if you're going to call a local election for like a school bond issue, you have to have the election in 30 days. Mm-hmm. But then the statute says it take you got to allow 45 days for military ballots to go out. Wow. So these clerks are like, no matter what I do, I'm breaking the law. So we were able to kind of comb that together and make it consistent. And then just some other simple administrative stuff that saves burden on the counties. A lot of folks will vote, you know, in Wichita a couple years ago on their local election for mayor, Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself, got over 600 votes. They have to count that. You can write anything in on a write-in. You can write in Mickey Mouse, Pluto, or Popeye. Instead of blowing those off because Mickey Mouse has no chance of winning and don't worry about counting those write-ins. What we do is if you're going to do, in the bigger counties, if you're going to do a write-in, you have to sign an affidavit with the clerk saying, I am actively running for office. So all these other goofy, silly write-ins that people have, they don't have to count them. I've never written in a silly name like that, but now I I doesn't sound like I can. Well, you can. It's just not going to get it's, counted. Okay. So if they sign an affidavit, the candidate that you're writing that guy's in, name you get, his ballots are going to get if counted. If we can really find Mickey Mouse uh, and Mickey signs the affidavit, then you'll, you'll then count Then we'll count it. the Mickey okay. Mouse ones. Well, so. that seems like a solid reform. It, it, those are the type of things that we've been working on for 30 years. The other thing that we fixed, we tried to do before, but with the heated primaries we had for Treasurer's Race and Value Them Both and other things, mm-hmm. um, if you want to pay for a recount, you had to say which counties you wanted to recount in before the Board of Canvassers met. And this is where Karen Tyson, Senator Tyson had a legitimate concern. She submitted her counties for the count, and then they counted the mail ballots that they hadn't got to yet. And they also counted the provisionals. All of a sudden, the county flipped. Well, she's like, well, I would have counted that county if I knew it was going to flip, but she can't request it till after the board of canvassers meet. Yeah. We fixed that. So, so that, this, is, this is part of the sequencing yes. of the steps that people can take. And they just had been, you know, it's a hodgepodge where the legislature adopts a bill here, two years later, three years later, and they don't line later. up. They don't yes. line up quite right. And so, we modernize language. Like it used to say, purge the voter rolls. Well, that's kind of a... That's an incendiary term that becomes partisan. We call it list maintenance. You're not getting political correct on me, are you? So, no, it's just list maintenance. Cutting out purge? (laughs) A lot of some people wanted to purge me. Um, But really... That was just in the last election. Well, it's... it's But you prevailed. No, don't worry about it. We're doing okay. We're doing right. Another bit was uh, transparency to voters and county election office websites to provide sample ballots, polling hours, and other election information. Yeah, it's just... So that's good. It's administrative 101 for an election. And if you can just make some of the... First off, we have a lot of new clerks coming in. Um, We had an aging clerk population. Uh, Pandemic, the attacks on them after the 2020 and accusations of fraud and cheaters. We have a lot of clerks retiring. Do do you have any idea? So we have 105 counties. Four are appointed by you, big counties. mm -hmm. So we really have 101 election clerks. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm do you have any idea more. whether a third ballpark, a half? No, because new? a lot of them they won't be up for election till 2024. But you think you? you so, but well, I'm hearing anecdotally it. I'm hearing hearing it. That I've, people I've talked to so many clerks as we travel the states. Well, that's that, yeah, this is my last. It is. You want to some people. good people? But here's what I love about what our clerks is: they're training the person behind them. Hmm. They've got somebody who can walk in and make it seamless as they go forward. I, this is where I get frustrated when people attack the election system on Kansas. You're not attacking me. I don't count votes. 
I have zero voting machines in our agency. <laughs> it's the counties. Yeah. And they work hard. Sometimes they don't work for very much money. You're attacking that person's intent. And they have other duties. They do, except for in four counties, they have to do other things besides elections. Correct. They have to get out tax notices and property tax right. things. And so they work incredibly hard for not very much money, and they do it because they just got a servant heart. And you're attacking their integrity, which yeah. I just think is unholy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that people who are willing to do those jobs are being run off by a bunch of critics who don't understand the, the job. And, and they don't want to be a poll worker to find out. Yeah. Okay, anything else about your bill here? No, that, you endorsed, that covers You endorsed this uh, Senate Bill 221 with making those changes. Yeah, there was a couple. Um, there's some provisions that we more that we wanted in the bill, mm-hmm. but we just wanted a bipartisan, simple bill the governor would sign. And mm-hmm. when you have a bifurcated state government where you have a Democrat governor, a Republican legislature, you have to get what you can get. And right, so the there risk were some would provisions. Be if you stuck something in there, yeah, like there one was, thing controversial in there, you run the risk of losing the whole package. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what the provision was, but the disabled <laughs> community had concerns about it. So we said, well, we'll just take that out. Mm. We don't want to fight. We want to row mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And this is just stuff that everybody should agree on. So now, some Bob Dole's strategy when he was working with Ronald Reagan, you know, they're they're working on a bill and Reagan, uh, Dole tells Reagan, I think we can get 80 percent of this uh, and and we can come back next year and work on the other 20. And Reagan says, take the deal. You know, yeah. so or the old foot, football adage, take what the defense gives you. Yeah. And, um, you know, we it, bipartisan is so refreshing sometimes. I know some people are like, well, you didn't hold your ground. No, conservatives, moderates, Democrats and liberals all agreed with this. Why? Yeah. Because it's just simple correction that should have been done a long time ago. It's good. I, I don't I, you know, sometimes. Bipartisanship, of course, is great. That's the blending of ideas and people coming together, and that really represents the Kansans that that they were elected to serve. It's Sometimes the, the, bipart- the, the partisanship that bothers me is is just partisanship by for sport, you know, yeah. and that gets that grinds at me. Anyway, the governor, and, and I don't think this was by sport, but the legislature passed Senate Bill two hundred nine. And the governor vetoed that measure, and it was dealing with advanced mail-in ballots. The legislature uh, attempted to override that, and I think the Senate fell short. So for now, that bill is on ice until it always could come back next Mm -hmm. year. So under current law, if you mail a ballot by 7 on Election Day, and it's postmarked, by election day. By the Postal Service, by election day. And it arrives within three days of the election. It's counted? Yes. That's current law. The proposal was to create a dead stop for at ballots seven at 7 on p.m. Election on election day. No more grace period. Yeah. So it kind of used to be more like that. During Kobach's administration, um, the post office pulled most of their processing units out of Kansas. So if you're out by Garden City, you're... Your mail will go to New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico, to be processed, hmm. or Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wichita normally goes to Oklahoma City. Um, I think Southeast Kansas goes to St. Joe. Um, Northeast Kansas goes to Kansas City, Missouri. Northern Kansas goes to Omaha, hmm. and then Western Kansas goes to Denver. So you, all these ballots are leaving the state. So you to get could press come you could in. live in Garden City and mail a letter to your well, neighbor, and it goes to Denver and then comes back. I mean, something like well, that. Well, yeah. So this is why <laughs> why I was such an advocate for drop boxes because it, uh, Liberal Kansas is a perfect example. The post office is right across the street from the county courthouse where the clerk is. If you put your drop box in the blue or your ballot in the blue drop box, 
your ballot gets sent to Santa Fe, New Mexico to hopefully just show up across the street in a mailbox mm-hmm. or just put it in that Dropbox. It's handled by Kansans with our chain of custody laws and, and practices. And that's why I was such a defender. Don't give the federal government your ballot. They're going to lose it. Yeah. And so the agreement What an irony Kobach, that the greatest risk to an election ballot is the federal government's bureaucracy. It's a shocker. <laughs> um, but so Kobach wanted it to be one to two days. Jamie Hsu, Democrat clerk out of Douglas County, wanted four to five. Hmm. They shot to middle and they both agreed on three. And if you get Jamie Hsu and, and Chris Kobach to agree on something, I'd say that's a pretty good win. And that's what they agreed on. And that and I think it was Keith Esau, Representative Esau, was the chair at the time and pushed the measure through mm-hmm. in the legislature. So the idea was we don't like this window and so let's eliminate it. Um, do you think this will come back in the future, or do you really think there's a need for this change? It, okay, so let's go back to the Jamie Shue Kobach discussion. Uh-huh. What should the policy be? I'm going to go back to my role back in the legislature. That's a legislative question. That is, what should it be three days? Should it be one day? Should it be no days? Should it be five days? That's a conversation that you hash out in committee hearings on why something is done the way it is. And then we just do it. We do. What I guess we're told. the other bit of this is the postal service has become l- less reliable. Uh, you know, the idea of it arriving within three days—you're taking a risk that you're it might not. Sh- you you got it postmarked in time, but instead of it arriving in a couple of days, it might arrive it, nine days. Yeah, later. I would tell. I would say that if you mail your ballot election day, it's probably not going to get to the office on time. The third day grace period, the third day grace period is normally for the person who mails it on a Thursday or Friday before the election. I see. And it takes a week to get across the street. Okay, because there are some people that are busy and and want to participate, but can't run down there on a Tuesday. Yeah, I got to take off work. Yeah, I got a friend. He had a stroke. He's he his wife and she takes care of him. He's cognitively able, but he's in a wheelchair. He's he's Mm -hmm. basically a quadriplegic and he wants to vote. And so, but he's, there's no way he's going to be able to go into town and drop mm-hmm. in a drop box. Mm-hmm. They have to mail that ballot unless the wife runs it in for him, which is not always functional because she's a breadwinner in the family. So um, there's just certain circumstances they got to do it. And we always tell folks, that's why we put the ballot tracker on our website. If it's getting close to election day and they haven't got your ballot, you need to reach out to your county clerk. So before we wrap up here, are there other ideas that you have lurking in the back of your mind about changes you'd like to make? In There's one, and we're working with the Department of Corrections. I was reaching out to the black community and the Black Pastors Union down in Wichita because Roderick Henderson was my ranking D. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did the Freedom Tour down in Alabama and Birmingham and Montgomery and Selma. And if you ever get a chance to go down there, if you, I would like to take a lot of folks that consider think. Kansas is racist and go see what happened down in Alabama. It's terrifying. And the number of children that were killed. And as a, you know, I've lost a child. You just, it's just so sad. And so I reached out to Roderick said, I want to help your community. I want to reach out. And, um, they were not real trusty, (laughs) trusting of me at the first time we met, but I said, let's do a voter registration drive. They're like, no, we don't need it. I'm like, okay, well, what do you need? They said, we're trying, we get folks that are released from prison and we're getting them into our churches and trying to get them into our community so they don't reoffend. Mm-hmm. If you're in a, 
prison and get released and you've paid your debt to society, you get your certificate reinstating your voting rights. Okay. Well, with overcrowding, you may be in Texas or you may be in a county jail. Well, if you serve your sentence in a county jail, the county jail doesn't have authority to reinstate that. So if you come out of a jail, you don't get the certificate. If you come out of the prison, you do. Well, the problem is most of the people who are able to come out of prison and serve their sentence aren't in prison. Those are the folks that are going to be there for the rest of their life. So they put the folks that are going to be in prison for 24 months or 36 months in a county jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they don't want to reoffend by registering to vote. So they're in limbo. So we're working with corrections to try to find a fix to this. But if we can't, I would like to put it in statute to say if, you, if you've set, served your debt to society... When you're released, whether it's a county jail or the prison, the Department of Corrections shall give a certificate. Of it's good really standing. interesting. I, I wasn't aware of that was it's, an issue. I, I didn't either. This is what I love about my job because you got to go out and you talk to these groups. Mm-hmm. And I always finish my conversations. You know, what do you need from me? And this is they said, this is what we need. Yeah, some we, of the best ideas are boots on the ground. Yeah. Know, and, and, and it's been great working with the black community in there in, in down in Wichita. We've been down there probably 13, 14 times. Um, Pastor Robert down there is just a good friend. He's really reached out to us because, like, minority-owned businesses, hey, help talk to us about your website. And we've talked, we spoke a lot with the Latino community down in Sedgwick County as well because, you know, there's, they're, they're um, either here on a business visa, family visa, but they have legal residence here, mm-hmm. and they're starting a business. And so we want to, we bilingual our page as they start to learn English so that they can start their business, whether it's a hair salon, restaurant, coin operator. Because part of the Secretary of State's responsibilities deals with business, business official business. Yeah, we are the filing business. And so when you reach out to those communities and then you they're never these issues will never be in the press. Mm-hmm. You're right. Unless I bring it to them, you know, because you got you got other issues going on. I got it. And, and the press course not is as robust as it used to be. Um, but when you find that out and you get a chance to say, hey, we, we can solve that problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty rewarding. And yeah, Kansas cool. has got so many diverse, wonderful communities. I, 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 you know, the night before I go travel, I'm like, oh, I just want to be home. But then I travel and you meet some of the most wonderful people across the state. And you have a friend in every county in the state. It's It's a pretty good gig. It is good to get out of the office. I want to thank our guest, Secretary of State Scott Schwab, uh, who's the state's chief election officer and business filing guru. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, thank you. Appreciate it. Sure.